we're all sitting in a very precarious economic position. And I'm, I'm trying to be very colloquial about this. It doesn't matter whether inflation's a problem or disinflation's a problem or, or what comes next. It's just we don't know what comes next. And there's too many people that believe that they know. Yeah. There's too many people that are, oh, the Fed's not going to do this. Or the Fed's going to. I know we always talk about Jerome Powell. We always say the Fed, and that's kind of the general rhetoric in the me- rhetoric in the media. It's a large FOMC membership group, and there's only seven voting members. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. Take two from the top. Yeah, I screwed this up the first time, so Saeed is... That's that's, that's very immature. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Speaking of immature, we're going to take a trip back to Sesame Street with Sam Zell, a.k.a. Kermit the Frog, a.k.a. The Grave Dancer, which we just heard about for the first time. We did not know that. I have no idea where that comes from, but right. it sounds really intimidating. I hope it's not a reference to his age. <laughs> oh. uh, Bank of America says stock market threatened with no landing scenario. We got new terms just being made. Soft landing. Yeah. Hard, Hard landing. landing. Yeah. No landing. Yeah. Fly like an eagle, baby. Jinx. Then, <laughs> then the data deli, our man Dave, talks about uh, his thoughts on the mortgage rate roller coaster. We're going to dip our toes and the Fed can't reach 2% inflation without crushing the economy, according to Mohamed El Rain, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. and somebody that I think Saeed was, is trying to suggest that he's smarter than. No, that, that wasn't me. That, that That's you, not you me. Made, I just said what he references. said a long time ago. That's you, all I'm you, saying. You made some references, okay? <laughs> Only 21% of homes for sale in the U.S. sold above their final list price in the last four weeks, down from 40% a year ago. This is the slowest and lowest percentage since March of 2020. And if you didn't you know, take notes and write that down, we have a whole thing we're going to get into there. Then if there's time, we'll talk about America's ha- Americans having nearly $1 trillion in credit card debt. And I'm going to go ham in that segment. So <laughs> be prepared. Investors worry too hot economy will put Fed on a more aggressive rate path. So... Shall we jump into our good friend, Sam Zell? Mr. Zell, have some respect. Mr. Zell, I apologize. Vince joins me here at Post 9. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Sarah. So there has been a bit of a rethink <laughs> in the markets about recession. Is, is that something you still expect? I, uh, <laughs> I haven't gone through that rethinking. You're still uh, negative? I, now, negative is the wrong word, but... When you spread out free money for years at a time, uh, you create, you know, significant drag. And uh, 
I, I just don't see how we're going to avoid a slowdown as that whole process comes to an end. Well, I guess the, the idea would be that the Fed would get really lucky and engineer a soft landing here because the data is strong, the labor market is super tight, and inflation is starting to come down. Yeah, but is the, is the definition of coming down going from nine to six? Well, it's yes, and then it has further to go. Sure. Well, but the point is six. Six is a still very high problem. Yeah, and still. So still you think high. the Fed's going to have to do even more than I, the market expects? I, I think that um, you know, I think the Fed. So there's a lot to unpack there. Sam Zell, for for what it's worth, is 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 an incredibly talented man. A billionaire because he was self-made, and and frankly, in real estate, right? in real estate, I, I respect him immensely, even though he sounds like a Sesame Street character. <laughs> it's I, hard. I, every time yeah. I hear his voice, I can't, I yeah. can't not laugh. We will never be able to bring him it, on the pod. It's just he has an iconic laugh, iconic voice, and it's just it's 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 funny. Yeah, I mean that with love. Or I'm not above that. Plenty, of, plenty of great actors had had great voices. Yes, born. Sh- well, I don't even know that was his real name. So Sam Zell is not his real name. It's Shamel Zaylanka. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. American billionaire, former lawyer, Zell is a founder and chairman of Equity Group Investments, a private equity firm founded in 1968. He has interest in and is the chairman of several public companies listed on the New York Stock Exchange, Equity Residential, Equity Lifestyle Properties, Equity Commonwealth, and Covanta Holding Corp. And Annexter? Annexter? Basically, he balls hard. Yeah, net worth about $6 billion. So mm. clearly, he's having a tough time financially. Yeah. That being said, look, he's not wrong. So, yeah, is is inflation coming down really from seven to six percent or nine to six? It, it, it's he's not wrong with this statement that I think he's kind of alluding to the fact that people got really happy that inflation was, quote unquote, coming down when in reality, we know that it's going to be stickier here for longer. Right. So, you know, why are we celebrating? Mm-hmm. He goes on to to be pretty pretty pointed about uh, how his thoughts are in the economy and us seeing a slowdown and avoiding it, and he seems to be pretty grim. Yes, and maybe that's the reference to the nickname. But when we, and he, I think what he alludes to is the jobs report that came out, and with the hot CPI print and the PPI report that that came out, right? It just shows that the Fed does have more work to do, and I think he he agrees to that. Yeah, it, it's hard not to, and and it's funny to see somebody who's a traditional real estate guy mm-hmm. have that kind of look. I mean, granted, he has publicly traded companies and you know he's been around a long time and obviously he knows the market, but there's a lot of smart economists who you know do this for a living who can't see what he's alluding to. Right. And in that in that clip, we cut it, we cut it short. He does go into talk about, you know, the Fed is trying to accomplish uh, disinflation. And it was one of the things that I think we wanted to talk about on the last episode, but we never got around to do. So it's something that I feel like is worth like breaking down. So you you'll break hear these down. terms break it down. Break yeah. it down for me, sir. So you'll hear these terms being thrown Can you around. Get your and hand th- off the pole. I want you to stare at time. these hairy knuckles. No, stare dude, at them. It's so awkward. <laughs> like when, if we ever do this on video, you realize there's going to be a lot of comments and criticism about your hand gestures I, I, on the pole. I told you I'm doing that for retention. That's going to happen. It's not reten- retaining me. People are going to watch it. They're gonna, there's going to be a count. Someone needs to keep a count in the comment section. Oh, it's How so many bad. times? It's yeah. so bad. I, I got to get you like a rod or something instead of a pole. Or a something. rod? Like it's just, <laughs> this is not working for me, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Playing with the knobs. Yeah, the yeah. knobs. Playing yeah, with the, the knobs. Make knob sure it tightens it's it. It's very you know uncomfortable. Please, right. please stop. So you'll hear these terms being thrown around, deflation, disinflation, and it sounds like they're the same thing, but they're not. So the, here's the difference between the two. So what the Fed is trying to accomplish is disinflation. Okay, 
Um, that's just a drop in the rate of increase in inflation, meaning... Oh, I thought it was insulting inflation. Insult, yeah, they're trying yeah. to diss it. Disinflation. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Wow, I'm glad you clarified that. Yeah. It was so very confusing. So basically, what, at the rate of inflation right now, I think the last CPI report we mentioned was 6.4%. They're trying to bring that down and PCE, right, down to a target of 2%. Right. <laughs> well, Which that <laughs> our boy Mohammed Al Reigns says that it's not going to happen, which we'll get into in a little bit. Ben Bernanke, as a as a reminder, was the one who said that. Right. Yeah. And then it was uh, Janet Yellen, Jerome Powell. And before that, it was kind of an unofficial target as about two, two to three percent. Yeah. And he made that an official target of the Fed. And now you got Jerome Powell the first time ever really since that was been set to being tested on trying to get there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of controversy whether that's really attainable or not. Exactly. And I bet you a part of him wants to kick Bernanke in the ding ding like god damn why'd you set the standard bro like I just keep he, your mouth shut but he wants to ram his own self in the ding ding in the, <laughs> into a like i mean it's, at this point it's like why did i reference that percentage yeah exactly he didn't have to say anything didn't have to he could have been like the white house is right we're not in recession and look he's not gonna have to hit the two percent target mark to take that full that last pivot and actually start bringing rates down but he's gonna he's gonna want to see it on a downward trend so there is, he does have an out here. Like once inflation gets down to 4% and it's going fast, then he could theoretically be like, look, we think it's going to hit 2%. So that's why we backed off. All right. Well, that being said though, the difference between disinflation and deflation, deflation is when there's a fall in the general level of prices. So that's actually a bad consequence. You know, to most people, they probably think, well, what? I don't get it. If prices come down, isn't that a, isn't that a good thing? No, that, that would actually be a bad thing, right? That actually happened during the Great Depression. That creates less demand, so prices will fall all across the economy. Uh, business inventories will grow. We already know that's happening, right? Uh, a lot of stuff staying at, at the warehouses. Um, there'll be major layoffs. Unemployment will rise, and then income will fall, right? So people will now, at that point, they'll know prices are coming down, so that'll create even less demand they won't go out and buy. They'll just continue to hold and wait and to buy things once they hit their bottom. And that ultimately happened during the Great Depression. So that's the difference. Hmm. Well, look, I think the, the fact of the matter is, is we're all sitting in a very precarious economic position. And I'm, I'm trying to be very colloquial about this. It doesn't matter whether inflation's a problem or disinflation's a problem or, or what comes next. It's just we don't know what comes next. And there's too many people that believe that they know. Yeah. There's too many people that are, oh, the Fed's not going to do this. Or the Fed's going to I know we always talk about Jerome Powell. We always say the Fed, and that's kind of the general rhetoric in the, rhetoric in the media. It's a large FOMC membership group, and there's only seven voting members. Yes. And Powell is really just talking about the directive he's getting with his peers and obviously his own contributions. Right. I think the minutes are coming out this week. Minutes coming out this week, which, which always has some kind of a reverberating effect. I cannot enunciate today very yeah. well. If my reading wasn't bad, now I can't even speak. It's and, terrible. Uh, just a refresher, the, the minutes is basically a transcript of all the things that were said and mentioned during the meeting um, when all the FOMC members got together. Yeah. So it, it's all that commentary. Generally speaking, Powell does a pretty good job of recapping it, so it's not super shocking. But every once in a while, there's some tidbits in there about some of their thoughts about going forward and what they're going to do. Mm. But everybody tries to really dive into them and find out oh, what's the Fed going to do? What did he not tell us? Yeah. What's there? There's no need to do that, though. He's so in front of everybody that there's no need to dive through those minutes. He's telling you what he's going to do. In most cases, yeah. And he's gone out of his way to, to really be one of the most communicative Fed chairmen ever. 
Mm-hmm. The problem with that, though, is that that also has reverberating effects. I got at that time on the economy because people will hang on his every word. Mm-hmm. Now, is he doing that to truly be more communicative? Is he doing that because he wants fame? I mean, there's a lot of ulterior motives you could throw in there. Mm-hmm. I truly believe he's just trying to tell people honestly and openly what their thoughts are. But then now he's getting slandered with a little bit of the, hey, well, you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z, and then you didn't do it. Because he's gone out and several times and said, look, we're data dependent. If the data comes at a swerve. Right. And that's what we need to be very careful of right now. Because the data just did have a swerve. 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 Yeah. Uh, jobs report and CPI. Mm-hmm. They were not good. PPI as well. PPI as well. No, OPP was off too. Always. Always. So <laughs> just just so I can kind of highlight how how this has changed with his contemporaneous communication. Wow, look at you. SAT vocabulary all day. Mm. At the same time this is happening, the, the language that we've heard, you know, we can avoid a recessionary economy with a soft landing. Yeah. Soft. So soft. So soft. Yeah. How soft? Soft like a laser hair ass removal. That, that's soft, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, yeah. So you're telling me it's soft. I don't know yet. So, so, so what happens so you is... Tell, you, you felt, you know. No, no. Let me explain. I know this is a foreign concept to you. This is very you, foreign. You're not really into, you know, healthcare. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you don't really care what you look like. I understand. Well, that's I mean, not look, true. I, kudos to you. I respect you. I'm the only you. one that comes in here dressed. I respect you for not caring about what the world thinks about you. Yeah, I, I respect yeah, that yeah, about you. I, yeah. I wish I had that Everything level. Everything I do is for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's astonishing how you can be like, I don't care... Yeah. What you think about my hairy knuckles? Right. Like, right. You know, respect. Yeah. The fact that my my photo is on the barbershop wall and I do that for me. I don't yeah, do that. I don't, I mean, the one that you want to try to get on. I see. I don't need that. No, you, you do I don't do, need yeah, that. You, you, you don't need it. Look, I know that it. I'm a transplant survivor and some people have a typical <laughs> time facing you're not, that. You're not. Yeah. Hair transplant victims need love too, man. Come on, man. There's a special parking spot for us. It just has a face on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a round face with no hair. Yeah, park yeah. in the front. Yeah. Like maternity mom. No, no, it's in the back. It's in the, so yeah. you can get your hair right. <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. Long, that long walk up. <laughs> so... <laughs> Intern was just rolling his eyes at me because the joke wasn't appropriate. I'm sorry. Not everybody's got blessed with a hair to hair like you, you psycho. Dude, this guy has the craziest hairline. Yeah, no, his hair is going gray. You have a crazy hairline. Yeah. Yours is so dense. like It's hard to tell where it begins. Yeah. Anyway, um, the rhetoric around the economy has changed so drastically. It was soft landing. Then it was hard landing. Then it was, we can avoid recession. We can't avoid recession. And mm. now Bank of America says the stock market threatened with a, quote, no landing scenario. This is some bullshit. From, from the entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, the year t- 2022 was the worst for all three indexes since the 2008 financial crisis, with the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 8.8%, the S&P 500 sinking 19.4%, and the tech-heavy NASDAQ composite plummeting 33.1%. In addition to Hartnett's prediction, a B of A global fund manager survey shows that most investors are skeptical about the current stock rally, with 66% of respondents expecting stocks to return to new lows. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait, I know. Wait. wait a minute. Hold on. Give it wait, to wait. me, baby. Give it to <laughs> me. I want that. Honestly, I want this. Before we go any further, that was a lot for you. That was a lot. You've been practicing. How many times did you read that at home? I read it like 16 times. Oh, you had to. I said it in front of a mirror. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he read it real nice. Dude, I'm not, I'm nice not, and slow. Yeah. I'm not nice going to lie. Slow. I yeah. thought that uh, you were going to. Fumble on heart nets. Oh, I, th- I thought indices. <laughs> indices, yeah. Indices. The X is tricky. <laughs> it's so tricky. tricky. 
Can't get me today, baby. I'm on. Yeah, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. How yeah. you gonna segue that now? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I do. I do think it's. I, it's worth mentioning. Just explaining what whoever at Bank of America, their chief economist, is trying to say here. So the different a hard landing. Okay, that's when the Fed takes enough action to where they trigger a recession. Right. That's what Volcker did twice. Right. That's what Jerome Powell has initially thought he was he was going to do. See, but I don't like this. See, this to me is justifying scenario. Oh, the Fed caused. You don't know that. No, no. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just raising the interest yeah, rates is what it, caused this. The, the, the whole supposition is bullshit to me. Right. You know, oh, you're causing recession. No, the last 14 years caused a recession. Mm-hmm. We're just trying to fix that now. Exactly. But this is just what they're referencing. This is what they're talking about when they bring up these things. So a soft landing. Uh, that's when inflation comes down at a slower pace, but perhaps you know not that many people lose their jobs as much, which is what people have been hinting at because the labor market has been so tight, and you know all, many people haven't really lost their jobs. Don't you can't do that. <laughs> this guy. I'm not even going to mention what you're that's, that's, harass- that's harassment. That's what that is. <laughs> and then uh, a no landing scenario is an, an economy that continues to grow with inflation staying high. Okay, so that that would be when they measure the GDP growth every quarter. So if the economy continues to grow and inflation is still high, that's where we're currently at. But what that suggests is this: if the economy continues to grow and inflation is still high, that just means the Fed is going to have to do more work, a.k.a. raise rates even higher, going back to that you know June uh, FOMC meeting where they're going to have likely raise it another 25 basis points, right? And that'll ultimately, I believe, take the Fed terminal rate at uh, from 5.25% to 5.5%. Which is still short of where the consensus is that it's growing right now. Yes. And it's not truly a consensus yet, but there's certainly a growing minority of, of economists who truly believe that a 6% terminal rate is a possibility. Right. Right. What? What's this guy? What's going on? Our intern wants to take a photo of you and me. Oh, and he wants well, the stuff out he, of the he way. Want, he in want, the middle some... of the show. Yeah. There's... Yeah, you, you want Gordon <laughs> uh, Ramsay in the photo. Yeah, Gordon Ramsay. We, we, we have a new, new <laughs> studio Ramsey, entry. Yeah. Gordon Ramsay. I won't say his real name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Dave Ramsey, a.k.a. Gordon Ramsay, has a complete guide to money, which our intern has... So lovingly brought to the studio as a gift. Now you can tell no one's ever read th- read this before because mm-hmm. there's not a single mark or page crease at all. Zero. Which which means that no highlights, nothing. Nothing. I mean, there's there's literally. And if you want to make your money work for you, you have to know how money works. Yeah. That I mean, clearly sensational information in here. Right. Right. Um. Anyway, the Handbook of Financial Peace University. Right. If you, there's nothing more that you can say that's going to be more scumbag than that. Yeah. This is the handbook, Saeed. We need. We should have financial peace dude, university. Be awesome if we each one of us had one of these as a coaster. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> well, it is now a permanent fixture in the studio. Yeah, which you could look at as an homage to a man we greatly like respect. It's it's like one of those photos where if you walk past it, his eyes just keep. That's why it's you. looking at you, not me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want that on. anywhere near my face. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> if, if you get hot, it's because Dave Ramsey's staring at you in the back. Right. So. um I can't remember who it was exactly, but somebody from uh, Ernst and Young came out and said that because there's so much uncertainty, we've now seen a number of different ways to interpret or call what we're seeing in the economy. Referencing, See, this is why I don't care. Referencing like, like he's basically saying, who a uh, no landing? What gives? Who gives a shit? Nobody cares. Nobody yeah, fucking cares yeah. at this point in time. Like, look, here's the reality of the market. 
unprecedented beginnings have unprecedented endings. Yes. And we should stop trying to struggle and classify what's happening, what we're in. And we should all acknowledge the real problems. People call this podcast negative sometimes. Oh, man, I'd love to listen to you, but it's negative, 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 negative. And I don't really hear anything that's positive or telling me, dude, this is so constructive. Yeah. We're telling you not to focus on the rhetoric. We're telling you not to listen to the new terms that are rolled out. No landing, hard landing, soft landing. Everybody gets a landing strip. Yeah, it's not, it's not the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't matter. What matters is, is you recognize the financial struggles that are ahead of us. Right. You take some of these warning indicators to say, I'm not going to fall into this pool or that pool. Right. And I'm going to make smart financial choices to grow my net worth and my wealth right. as a response to understanding and appreciating the economy that we're in. Right. Don't go out there and spend stupid money right now because money's going to change. Exactly. So not. be conservative. Be smart. Don't be Dave Ramsey and you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be just fine. Be smart. Don't be Dave Ramsey. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a, that's that, not, that sounds like a T-shirt. We should trademark that. that. That's a T-shirt. We should trademark that. Speaking of being smart, I would like to call everyone's attention to just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody you know in the mortgage and real estate business was so happy. Oh, rates are coming down. Rates are coming down. Yeah. The Fed slowed the trajectory and the increases of, of interest rate increases at the Fed, far, Fed funds level because they're now down to 25 basis points. Rates haven't peaked up at eight ten percent. We're dude, this is amazing. So what? So the six percent we're 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 you know holding steady, man. Mm-hmm. Remember they, they hit seven percent. They came down. Everyone in the mortgage industry was happy. There was yeah. rhetoric. People was, were people were predicting it was going to hit eight percent at one point. So they thought that because it came back down just a little bit, that they started to celebrate. Social media fodder, everything. Well, my man, the data deli, Dave, uh, just dropped this. This is uh, his commentary on mortgage rates shooting back up. And we I love think- this guy. We love this guy. So we got. We're definitely going to leave his information in the show notes. Everyone should subscribe to him. Yeah, we really should have him on the show. But uh, go ahead, play the clip real quick and let's let him speak for himself. Roller coaster is running at full speed. After peaking at about 7.4% for the average 30-year fixed rate mortgage back in November, mortgage rates had been steadily declining up until the last few weeks. Now, there are two things that caused this reversal. First, we had a really strong jobs report for January. And then secondly, the inflation data that recently came out was really not so great. And so this has people thinking that the Federal Reserve is actually going to raise interest rates higher than they were planning just a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, I think this type of volatility is going to be the norm for the foreseeable future. There's just too much economic uncertainty and uncertainty about Fed policy for mortgage rates to stabilize right now. To stay on top of what's happening in the real estate world, follow me at The Data Deli. All right. So two things I want to highlight from the video. Mm. Okay. Number one, the amount of uncertainty in these jobs reports going against what people think is consensus when they come out, right? Right. Inflation not being where we thought it was going to be. You got unemployment and employment numbers not being where we thought they were going to be has a huge impact on mortgage rates. And people are like, oh, no, no, it's Fed borrowing. No, mm-hmm. all these things. So if in the context of, of mortgage rates, people always say, okay, well, if this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen, they're not going to change. No, there's a lot of things that can change mortgage rates. And a lot of it is behavioral economics. And that's the second thing. Right. He said that people thought there was going to be a bigger increase, mm-hmm. even if that's not the case. And it's going to be just more increases. It's the same result, but he was dead on right. The behavioral economics here, the thought that there could be more because this news is negative. Mm-hmm. So much of what we think is, is a logical economic climate is not logical. It's based on the emotions of masses of people. Right. And you've still got things like an inverted yield curve. Two-year borrowings 
are more expensive than your 10-year bonds. Right. On the treasuries, two-year treasury, 10-year treasuries. Which is a big indicator for a recession. Which is a big indicator for a recession. And we've called multiple times that the closest thing that you can get to mortgage rates or proxy for mortgage rates is that 10-year rising. Yes. That 10-year treasury will really tell you where mortgage rates are going. And it's inevitable. At some point in time, that 10-year number will peak above the two-year again, as it should be in a normalized, healthy economy. And these rates are going to move. In addition to what will be behavioral economics to that. And that's the compounding effect. Mm -hmm. That's where this gets really dangerous because you have the the treasuries, which are going to move on their own because that's just returning to homeostasis, returning to normal. Okay. And then the mental rhetoric that we're already seeing now, just with two bad prints, but nothing really bad in the economy. Mm -hmm. The bad prints are actually good news, but not where we thought they were going to be. And you see this much pivot to where rates are peaking back up from six, almost 7% again, right? Right. Well, what do you think is going to happen when you start to see those treasuries move and rates move on their own? People are going to have a really negative sentiment. Right. And that negative sentiment is going to really impact the trading of the treasury. It's going to really impact mortgage rates. Right. And mortgage rates, we know they don't change when the Fed decides to increase their rate. Right. It, no. it takes time. And they start. They do price in the next interest rate hike. Right. Usually you'll see the treasuries creep up ahead of the next Fed announcement. Right, exactly. Because that's that behavioral economics. Exactly. So if if you think right before this last jobs report, right before this last CPI report, mm-hmm. right before this last PPI report, things were starting to sound positive. You know what's crazy, though? Mm. Is that, maybe to your point, the positive thing is be- ahead of the last Fed announcement, mm-hmm. 10-year treasury dipped. It didn't go up. Yes. It went down. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people started to think that, okay, we're actually headed in the right direction. And that maybe March would be the last rate hike. Maybe. Maybe, you know. And But now we know it's not only going to be March. It's going to be May. And mm. when May comes around, it might also be June. Hence why, you know, these rates have still a long way to go. That's why I believe they're starting to tick back up. Because maybe they're now starting to price back in the next couple, uh, you know, interest rate hikes by the Fed. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm not still 100% sold that you're going to see one in May. I think it's more probable than not. Yeah. Certainly. And I think that's what Bloomberg's consensus in the World Probability Index is. Mm-hmm. Our World Interest Rate Probability Index, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'm, it's like, I think it was 80-some percent last I checked, which is just under 25 basis points. But certainly not a cut in 2023 is a guarantee. Yeah. And I think the we said this before on the show, too, is the holding of rates for a prolonged period of time. That's that's where a lot of the the mental strain on people is going to kick in. Yeah. That's where this starts to become a very different kind of mentality. Right. So speaking of mentality, let's get into the head of the Fed a little bit. Let's do it. Let's let's Which get deep, deep in that mindset. Which head? The one they think from. Oh, I know. I was saying, whose head? Why you got to go there? I did, yeah. You were very confusing well, question. I, 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 no, no, see? I did not understand it, the question. There was no sexual. I legitimately there, did not understand there the was question. No, there was no I undertone. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. I'm calling the referee. You could have said whose head. Yeah, yeah. You, you didn't you say yeah. which head. I, hold on. I, see, come that, on. That's hold very on. confusing. Hey, we're, we're, I was setting him up. You no, gotta, you're no, supposed you to be on my side. No, no, you were not. I'm trying to tag team him. We're innocent people over tag team, bro. Back wow. again. Come yeah, on. I'm going to mic- mute your mic and let, let the intern. Now. We are a PG show. No, actually, no, we're explicit. No, we're explicit. Rating. We're explicit. Yeah. yeah. This is not a family affair. Yeah, dude. This, uh, God, if you're listening we to the show with your kids, no, we should yeah. not be PG. I'm muting you for should we, that alone. Should we launch a separate podcast like Economics for Kids? 
No, I, I, I could not. Oh, yeah. It would be the Little Mermaid cover all over again. I couldn't, I couldn't do <laughs> yeah. that. So the Federal Reserve won't be able to get U.S. inflation down to its 2% target without, quote, crushing the economy, end quote. Mm. Economist Mohammed El Rain warned on Friday, but he said that the central bank is unlikely to officially change that goalpost. Now, Saeed is foaming at the mouth to talk about how he's smarter than Muhammad El-Rain. No, that's not it. Shut, blah, blah, blah. Let me finish the quote before you start getting all chippy. I'm very humble, man. You're not very humble, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, need, you need a higher stable inflation rate. Call it 3 to 4% El-Rain. The chairman of Gramercy Funds and a Bloomberg opinion columnist told Bloomberg Television, mm -hmm. I don't think they can get CPI to 2% without crushing the economy. Mm. But that's because 2% is not the right target. All right, Chief Economist, the higher standard, who said this months ago. Yeah. The only reason why I said it months ago is be it's because we all know here, we know that inflation gets really sticky, especially around the 6% mark, and as it continues to get, go further down. We were, at that time back then, I was talking about the interest debt payments. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they won't—they're not going to be able to, you know, withstand those payments for that long yeah. in order for it to actually get down to two percent. I wasn't necessarily re referencing that they're going to have to crush the economy. My my thought process was you're not going to be able to pay those interest payments for that long. Talk about the debt ceiling being raised too, and the debt ceiling being raised, which will be and, raised for the 79th time now. Yeah, for the so. 79th time. But I mean, our interest payments alone right now—they're crazy. It's like. Three, it's it's like one point. It's going to be like one point five trillion, one point seven trillion dollars. Well, look, man, I, the, I, I don't want to inflate your ego, but Mohammed Al Rain is being quoted by Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. You know, Fed can't reach two percent inflation without crushing the economy. Yeah, and this guy's big. It so says his name in the title. I mean, El yeah. Rain says there is not a Bloomberg. Fed can't reach two percent without inflation crushing economy. Said Omar says. <laughs> I, I know. I mean, what is that? What do I got to do to get on there? I, you know, I think you probably got to be the former CEO of PIMCO. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's it's probably a prerequisite. PIMCO, you know? one of the largest investment management firms with the reputation in creating fixed income for people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're local too. Yeah. Are they, are they really? Some offices here too, yeah. yeah. No shit. Right around Chicago. Actually, I believe uh, Arane lives here in Newport. Of course, Newport. Come on, man. Don't be elitist. <laughs> what? Don't what? I didn't do elitist. anything. Don't, don't be that guy. I'm not going to live with the people. So I'm not going to claim his as Iranian like I made the mistake of doing with our Indian friend. Uh, <laughs> Kashkari. Yeah, Neil Kashkari is clearly not Iranian. He's Indian. But yeah, you just wanted to take all the big names. <laughs> I'm taking all the big names. I would have taken all rain too, but I knew, I, I knew he was Egyptian American. Yeah. Yeah. So plus, you know, I don't think all rain. I think all rain sounds more you know, Egyptian Arab right. world than it does anything else. But in any event, yeah. So. Look, I, I don't disagree with it. I, I think that there's probably some truth to that. But then I, I think, where do you draw the line? It winds up becoming more like, um, like, like, like the company, the company, the country's national debt at that point, mm. where you just keep raising the ceiling. Uh, now, 79 times we've raised the national debt. We've effectively increased the country's credit card limit because right. we can't pay back this debt and the interest is just killing us. Right. So at some point in time, that comes to an end. Well, yeah, you, you're going to like it's it, like you said. You're going to have to crush the economy in order to get to that 2% mark, right? A.K. he's referencing a hard landing for, for all those paying attention to hard landing, no landing, soft landing, all that, right? So that's he's saying that a recession is going to have to happen. I watched an interview with someone. They're interviewing Douglas Holtz Eakin. He's the former director of the Congressional Budget Office. So 
did you know this is back in November, September when inflation rate of shelter was at a mm, point of six percent? Yeah, makes was me feel at, so normal. It was when it was at six percent. Okay, year over year, they said that inflation for all other categories would need to be zero percent. Mm, yeah, and shelter being at six percent in order for the Fed to hit that two percent target mark, which is obviously impossible. The way shelter gets calculated in these in the CPI report. It's so it takes so long to gather the information mm-hmm. that it's going to be virtually impossible to get there anytime soon. Which I have a theory about this that you and I have not discussed, and I know we had this conversation shortly before the show came on. We were talking about this mm-hmm. this segment, um, but I've always had a theory about this, and I don't like sharing my theories with you because you steal them as a chief economist. I've never stolen a theory you, you have it? before. What? Which one? I, I don't want to call you out. Name me. Name me one. All, they're all mine. Just because I've yeah. been right yeah, every single saying, time. I'm just saying. Sometimes the understudy is doing the work, bro. That's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but my theory has been this. So it takes six months to gather the data for rent and rent equivalent, right? Not only does it take six months, but they don't all report at the same time. Yeah. So you got different data coming in from different places at different yeah, times. Yeah. So someone, so data from one place will report data in January mm-hmm. and then again in July or June, right? And then other places will be February and August. Yeah. You know, so it's like in order for all this information to get gathered and pooled together to make an impact for shelter on the report, it, it takes a lot of time. So rent and rent equivalent is, as you've suggested, mm-hmm. very convoluted and very behind. Very convoluted. Yeah. And very behind. Mm hmm. Did I mention behind? <laughs> behind. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, I don't think the Fed is truly looking to hit the 2 to 3% mm. target rate, at least with the increases. Right. I think what they're looking to do is see movement and trajectory. But in order for that to happen, you have to see some movement in the housing market. We haven't really seen that yet. Right. People have been waiting on the sidelines. Uh, a friend of ours, a friend of the show, uh, she hit us up today and said there was a, yes. a house that listed next door to her, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like 20 people came by, they were all realtors. Mm-hmm. The first comment I said was, there's not enough supply in the market right now. They're just happy to see listing. 100%. And and that's crazy when you think about where rates are compared to where they were a while ago. And that's going to cause this to become even stickier. Mm-hmm. It's going to drag this out even longer. The fact that there isn't enough inventory out there. The reason why this this shit worked during the Great Recession was because the market got flooded with inventory. Yes. You know, and that's not the case this time around because people are still able to afford and afford those uh those mortgage payments. People still have their jobs. They haven't lost their jobs to where they have to sell their homes. Yeah, yeah. Arun just uh pointed out that <laughs> you do have an Obama like finger gesture thing going on right now where you're doing like the <laughs> No, he does the, the closed fist you, thing. I know, but just what you're doing, you're no, doing that with no, me. I'm, I'm, you, no, you did the closed fist thing. You did the closed fist I thing. Did the three closed times. Thing? Yeah. Oh, okay, god damn it. Now I gotta all right. Hit what's, him. You were? What did yeah, I see? What, what's wrong with That's why he's here. He's here. There's nothing wrong see, with it. I just thought it was funny. Look, <laughs> the reason why the intern is here, the reason why Arun is, is such a, a valuable member of the show. Well, oh, he's valuable now. Val- he's always this been valuable. I got called Arun. Yeah. Not, yeah, not you got called, yeah. This is why when you're tag teaming you, against me. When you do good work, you get called by your name. When okay. you do bad work, you're the intern. I'll start calling you Odin too to yeah. get you on my side. <laughs> I'm yeah, saying he has triangulated these massive lies that you've told people. Okay, what? What? I'm not doing that. <laughs> yes, you are, bro. What? What is it? What's wrong with me doing this? I'm just, nothing. It. Just, you're denying it when we call you out. <laughs> Goddamn Siri, shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so I turned his mic off. We can't. We can only have. Yeah, so that, that that's part of the issue. Part of the issue is that you know the market's not being flooded with inventory. 
Yeah, it's 100% accurate, but here's the problem that it causes long-term, right? So I don't think the Fed is looking to see the number come down to 2 to 3% with these Fed interest rate increases. I think that was never the goal. And the misconception with these articles and everybody else is the Fed can't look to hit that, Fed can't look to hit that. What they're really saying is the Fed can't continue to raise interest rates until they hit that. But they don't understand the Fed's not planning on doing that. No, no, no. Right. They want to see movement going the right way. Just the numbers consistently, probably for one or two quarters. Right. And then they're going to just stop and do nothing and wait for it to fall wherever it falls. Yeah. Then those FOMC meetings are going to get real awkward. But that's, yeah, it's going to be real <laughs> it's, awkward. Imagine it's like every time he comes out, at least he has something to talk about. Be like, we raised another 25 basis points because the, the prints are hot. Unemployment is still tight. You know, we haven't seen, you know, the... Uh, real estate market is still red hot. Yeah. It's like he's going to come out then and be like, I know uh, these rates are high, but guys. And every developer is going to be in the pockets being like, hey, man, hey, man, can I, can I talk to you real quick? Yeah. I'll build you a fat you ass house. You want a home? <laughs> Neil, whatever you want, Neil. Yeah. What, what you I'll want? Give it to you, bro. Right. Bullard. Bullard. Who you got? Who you got in your back pocket? Uh, but here's the thought. Okay. Remember when we always say that the pain will not be the raising interest rates, it'll be the holding? Mm-hmm. That's why. Holding what? See, man, it's not it's not me, right? Acknowledge that it's not me. It's not me. It's not it's not me. I'm trying to be a good stand up citizen over here, and you're broadcasting this devious, nefarious behavior. I just want to make sure huh? we're clear with and the you're audience. You're doing it with Obama gestures at the same time, which is even worse, man. <laughs> hey, like Obama well, would not stand for this. Hold on, but I'll just be clear. No, hold don't what? be clear. Hold on, I'm just the rates. Hold the rates. Okay, man. Those big rates. Those big. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to hold those big rates for as long as you can oh, until God. something happens. <laughs> I just need... I can't do it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. But the point is you're supposed to hold rates for as long as you can. Mm. And then and the, the problem is the stress in the banking system in addition to the consumer. The, the banking system is just getting super hammered right now. And it's not, not what I would call an ideal set of circumstances. But... Mm-hmm. In addition to the banking system, uh, our boy Arun has pulled up uh, the next article, which, frankly, is a corollary in, in many ways, at least to me, to the Great Recession, but in a different part of, I wouldn't call it the banking system, of the consumer market. Yeah. Stubbornly high prices and robust consumer spending collide in the fourth quarter of 2022. This from Bloomberg Business, an article titled, Americans have nearly $1 trillion in credit card debt. Goes on to say that pushing credit card balances to the record high of $986 billion, so technically just under $1 trillion, the $61 billion increase from the prior quarter was the biggest seen in data going back to 1999. Mm -hmm. Gonna party like it's 1999. Um, And propelled Americans' total credit card past the credit card debt to pass the previous high of $927 billion, which wasn't a whole lot lower, which was set in the fourth quarter of 2019, according to the New York Fed's household data and credit report. Yeah. Credit card borrowers aren't just swiping plastic more than ever. They're missing payments, too. Yeah, I got some for that. With delinquency rates surpassing pre-pandemic norms. So I looked into this report from the New York Fed, right? Household debt saw its largest increase in 20 years. So not only are credit cards... That's a problem. Yeah, not only... I know, last two decades, think about that. Uh, not only credit cards up $61 billion, but mortgages are up $254 billion. Mm-hmm. I mean, goddamn, getting loans right now. Yeah, uh, auto, auto loans up $28 billion. 
student loans up 21 billion right yeah, i think we're the highest student loan debt ever right yeah yeah let's yeah. check I've, absolutely i mean especially with the stop payments right oh, people yeah, have people haven't really been and that's something that uh we should talk about too i remember uh Arun, uh after the show one night brought it up he thought it'd be good for us to get into even with the even with the pause in the student loan payments i get it's it's you're able to come up right now and you know have more of a monthly cash flow because you don't have to make those payments but if you can you totally should just to tackle that principle right now with no interest it, could, feel, it feels like an insurmountable hurdle though to a lot of people i mean yeah. it, when i talk about credit and credit card debt with most people they're talking about paying five six hundred dollars a month and keep in mind two out of three americans can't afford a four hundred dollar emergency a month right yep so if most americans have some level of credit card debt even if you're spending two to five hundred dollars a month that's that's a significant amount to, to most americans right so I feel for him because the student loan debt on top of that, of course. it's like soul crushing. Everyone just pulled up the numbers. Student loan uh, borrowers in the United States owe a collective $1.76 trillion in federal and private student loan debt. Mm. Of that, though, uh, federal student loan debt makes up the vast majority of Americans' educational debt, about 92% of all outstanding debt. So it's really federal student loan debt. And as a kid who grew up and had Stafford loans and federal student loan debt, mm -hmm. I can tell you that it's way too accessible. I wonder if I wonder if there was, you're able to if you could take a poll. If let's say the economy really took a dive, all right, and we're in we're in like a deep recession. How deep? Like deep, deep. No, no, like like Great Recession, two and a half standard deviation event, deep. Are we talking? Yeah, like, like exactly exactly how a lot of people were portraying it to be, like the Great Reset, right? Is what they were. I think people were starting. Okay, to call so it, you're right? talking, uh, what should be a once in a lifetime, but now two times in a lifetime because we have the Great Recession now. Exactly this. right because I mean we haven't seen these not some of these numbers we've never seen before. These credit this credit card debt's out of control. Right. And let's just say if unemployment did get to a point where it got out of hand and crazy and people started to file bankruptcy and all that, I'd be interested to see how many people that are so against canceling the student loan debt. Right. Because because it's unconstitutional. Right. So you're taking a shot at me right now? Yeah. No, I'd be not just no, I'm not taking a shot. I'm, I'm genuinely, genuinely curious. You're genuinely curious. Yes. OK. <laughs> that if you could take a poll, how many of those people that are against eliminating student loan debt would all of a sudden be for it if it could stimulate the economy. Let me give you a different scenario. Okay, let's just play a little hypothetical Monte Carlo. All right. Um, let's say you gave you choice. Mm -hmm. We've raised a national debt ceiling. Debt ceilings. This will be 79 times when we raise it again. We will raise it again. It's such a problem. The government is paying that. But who pays the government? We do. Yes. Taxes. Taxes. We do. Yeah. $4 trillion, $5 trillion a year. Would it not be more fair? Wow, you really going to fact check me, bro? Damn. fact check me. Since 1960, Congress has acted 78 separate times to permanently raise, temporarily extend, or revive the definition of the death limit 49 times under Republican presidents and 29 times under Democratic presidents. And Chris was 100% dead ass accurate. Because the next time would be 79. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Yeah. Yeah, fact check me. I'm... I'm hey. basically AI in a human. Yeah. Notice how yeah. notice how you didn't take you off mute. No, you don't get to speak back to me, Libby. Yeah. yeah right. But um, so what would you rather have? Would you rather have forgiven student loan debt mm -hmm. or would you rather have lower taxes? That's never gonna happen. I, I'm not though that's why it's it's a hypothetical game. Yeah. I feel like it's more likely for them to cancel the student loan debt. But isn't that unfair? It only affects some Americans. Mm -hmm. If let's say you're an older person who became successful and you worked your way through, and I'm not saying mm -hmm. I'm not saying that everybody isn't shouldn't have some type of but debt. They can't relief. lower they can't lower taxes. These debt payments are out of control. Right, but they, they could need it. They, they need could it. instead of forgiving all of that debt, 
use the money to pay down some of the national debt. Start actually doing something about the debt because the, the, the country's credit card is going up. Mm-hmm. At, at some point in time, if it keeps going up. Taxes have to go up to compensate for that. Yeah, but you're not going. They're not going to lower taxes because that's how they get paid, right? They're not, they're they're already not getting payments from this. Okay, it's no different from the United States than it is for the consumer. Yeah. If you eliminate your credit card debt, you've got a whole lot more free cash flow to pay for stuff. Yeah, but no, people are just going to, you know how that is, though. I don't know how that is. People are going to put themselves right back in in a similar situated, you know, position. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think, I I I don't think people do that as much as you think they do. I think that they do. I think it's difficult to learn. economics. It's difficult to learn. It's difficult to have the discipline. Mm -hmm. But I've seen plenty of people who reach a breaking point and they decide I've had enough and they... They manifest their future. Dude, you're saying you see, you're seeing plenty of people to do it, but look at the position that we're in. That means the majority of the people can't. That's why they're in this. That's why we have a trillion dollars in credit card debt. Yeah, but th- look, okay, look, one point seven six trillion. Granted, yes, but some of this was because of what we as a country did to those people. Yeah. So I said earlier that 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 federal student loans are way too easy to get, but that's the point. We want people to have an education. We want an educated workforce. We want people around us to have access yeah, to then, go to school. No, nah, but we've talked about this. Too. Yeah, I know. The, the it, type of endowments that a lot of these universities yeah, no, get, there's no, re- there's no reason to be charging some of these students. But that was the, the original principle. The original principle. The original <laughs> principle, right? Like, I get it. I yeah. get that it's corrupt now. Because anytime there's money like this flowing through things like university, there's going to be some corruption. There's some, yeah. Yeah, well, certainly. I yeah. mean, it's just corruption is part of this, right? Everybody's right. going to go for a cash grab. Right. And that, that's so much of human nature. And this is why, sidebar, and I'm not going to get specifics here because you'll know why. This is why like when, when people sue, when people do things and they make statements that are derogatory where you can tell there's a clear financial motivational benefit for them. Yeah. This is why like, I, I, I struggle to judge them because this is just more common than not with, with humanity. Yeah. It's all how they can get ahead. It's 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 how it's not even sometimes just them they I mean we humanize it because we make it about them they, but in a lot of instances companies do this too. Mm-hmm. How can this benefit the company? And then and then the point is you have to be a fiduciary. I'll give you a great example that's not related to any of this per se, but still related. Mm-hmm. We set the consumer up by giving PPP loans out to everybody, by giving stimulus to everybody. We stimulated them, and they spent. <laughs> you know they all they all got happy. Stimulated the PPP loans, right? That's what they stimulated with. <laughs> you know what you did. I'm not dignifying you look, this. You, look, you looked at no, me. Not, you I'm know not, what you did. I'm not dignifying this with you, okay? okay? You're a dirty man, and I'm just trying to have a respectful conversation with you about stimulating people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but <laughs> If somebody chokes in the lunch, it's not my fault. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's not our fault. Come on now. Come on um, now. Because <laughs> I hate choking over here. Yeah. But, uh, but no, seriously, we, we, we did this. So... It, there was a period of time in the, in the recent couple of years where you could make more money being unemployed, getting stimulus checks, than you could working at a at a job that you otherwise would be in. Yeah, people refuse to come back to work. And well, yeah, and there's the whole thing there where where people refuse to come back to work because they're like, I'm making more money doing it this way. So of course they got used to spending more. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be. The classes or anything like that. I'm just saying there. There's a lot of people who do that, and I will also say for those that that you would normally conceive or perceive to be wealthy, we did the same thing to them too. We just did it in a different way. Mm-hmm. The last 14 years, it was really hard not to be successful as an entrepreneur. Yeah, everybody had money they were spending. Everybody, 
that stimulus that goes to those people who are working at home who are, you know, who aren't working, who are unemployment, mm-hmm. they spend money. They spend money at businesses. Right. Businesses make money. Right. It's so like, now we've spoiled the next the level up as far as class goes, too. Yeah, I know you're going to attack me for this, but... I'm going to attack I know, you. I know you are. But it, it's like that cliche saying, okay, strong people make good times. Good times make weak people. Weak people make bad times. Now, bad times are going to have to, again, make strong people. Okay. No, I'm not going to get mad at you for that. It just seems a little negative, but, you know, whatever. It's not, wow. You, you and know. the listeners now all coming at me negative. Yeah. Man. I'm trying to build a fan base of people who hate you. I, I altered that. What, I, the fan base? I, no, I altered that saying a little bit. Or the reviews? No, I altered that saying just to make it good for 2023. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even notice you yeah. altered it. I stopped <laughs> listening to you. You made Obama <laughs> no. gestures again. <laughs> Obama <laughs> gestures. We, Americans, yeah. are going to have to. Yeah, I, I see the hand gestures every time. It's the second time but I do it. I had something real quick just to go back on the whole delinquencies that you brought up. So the New York Fed released a statement. Right. That I thought was worth noting. Uh, Credit card borrowers are missing their payments and transitioning to a 90 day delinquency at a rate higher than they had before the pandemic. But there's a distinction here. I know people are going to look at this and they're going to want to call us out for it. The distinction is because the level or the amount of delinquencies are still below the pandemic levels. But what the New York Fed is saying is that the rate at which it's increasing is significantly higher. Mm, Yeah. So that that and that is kind of what I went into last time. We were talking about how mortgage delinquencies are at a certain percentage, and we're like, it's not alarming or whatnot. But it's it's not it's not that the actual percentage that I'm worried about. It's the rate at which it's increasing is scary. It doubled. No, no, I, I get that, and you know, I, like I said, you know, I get it. But uh, here here's the problem: is, is is I don't I see it doubling back to a healthy range, though. I don't see it doubling. But it doesn't scare. I understand. I understand the trajectory. I, I get what you're trying. The argument you're trying to make, but I would say it's too early to call that. No, but my, I'm saying what's alarming about it is it's doubling now when there isn't a whole. We know where all this is going. No, we don't. We think we know where it's going. Really, dude. Unprecedented times have unprecedented results. For I'm all saying, we, we know, know, interest rates are going are getting. Are going to go up. I understand. That. Meaning payments are going to go up. I understand that, and, and the the natural nexus that we think, yeah, is normal. Mm-hmm. But let me let me be a dissenter here, okay? L- allow me to change your mind from the inside out. All allow right? me to reintroduce. Oh, okay, no, wrong song. Uh, what if no recession happens? Mm-hmm. What what if so soft landing? Some weird don't don't come at me with that, that language. Yeah, I mean, that, man. That's what it is. That's I, what you're saying. I know, I know. I don't like the language, but yeah. So what if we hit this hypothetical unicorn of a soft landing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the economy continues to grow. Mm-hmm. What if that happens? What what if what that's we've bad. done is that's bad. That's I it mean, is that, bad. Affordability means, will be completely nothing. They're going to hold the rates for longer, right? No, 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 no. What what if okay? Let's let's walk that through. Let's let's say they do. Mm-hmm. Let's say the Fed holds the rates for longer. Mm-hmm. The pressure on the banking system, the pressure on the debt payments, mm-hmm. and the economic system around us crumbles, but the consumer still is in relatively good shape. How can the economic system crumble and the consumer be in good shape? If that if the economic system crumbles, because then the government that can't make then, un- then unemployment must go up, right? Maybe, but for right now, there's two jobs every unemployed person almost. Yeah, but we know that. Where are the where we the know, hell are these jobs? We know that just because there's job openings, that companies aren't you know, running to their websites, taking down the listings. So you're telling me there is no world, not any world that you can possibly 
believe in your little mental multiverse. Yes. Where you see this becoming a soft landing. Mm. No, I can't say that. So you think there there might be a, a narrow margin for that to, to be the case? Yeah. Okay. So in that narrow margin where you see that being a hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. how do we get there? What does that world look like? I mean, so if unemployment only creeps up to the Fed's estimate of 4.6%. Yeah, or 5%, whatever. Right. Yeah. But the economy continues to grow. And then, you know, people start listing their homes and prices start to come down. What if they don't come down? That has it. It has to come down. We did the whole breakdown on how shelters. No, no. What if you're right? What if we never hit the Fed target of two to three percent? What if we wind up with a Fed target of four percent? Yeah, four well, or six. Well, we talked. We we talked about that. He's not going to wait to get to the two percent. He's going to pivot once he hits that four percent, thinking it's on a downward trend. Okay. Or do you think it's going to be at a slow pace? And what if it doesn't? What if fourteen years of artificial interest rate deflation, all this stimulus, all these things we did, have overstimulated the economy in a way that's prolonged that we don't fully understand yet and what if he's now down to 25 base points do you think he has the balls and i say him but you think the fomc has the balls mm. to literally come back and be like all right guys um we've held rates for six eight months yeah we're not seeing the movement we need to see in the economy it still seems optically very strong and we've, and we're going at too fast of a pace so we're gonna have to raise it again we're gonna raise it again yeah you see do you see a world where he can do that yeah that's a straight to. up volcker move though but but look, you're saying you're saying that economy isn't in a downward spiral trend at that point. People are losing their jobs. There isn't this outrage out there. So, yeah, why wouldn't he? I mean, though, I don't, I don't see him... Even though the him... economy's not on, on the, the, the spiral trend, mm-hmm. net interest margin for banks is getting crushed unless you're like fully like he doesn't, work, he doesn't work for the banks, though. I know that. He's an independent. I get it. But mm-hmm. you, you, that's going to have reverberating, reverberating, I can't say it. Ooh, the, third one, time. For uh, one, one for three. One for three tonight. One for three tonight. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. It's going to have echoing effects. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. For the rest of the economy, mm-hmm. if banks tighten up lending, and I, I believe you're already starting to see that, I, I I don't see a world. Me personally, and I'm just trying to play devil's advocate with this whole like, do you see? I don't see a path out of this without a recession. Yeah, I, I don't see any world. Right. I do think that with these hotter prints coming out, it it continues to push it out further and further. But it, I do think it's inevitable. There's a greater likelihood of it happening than not happening. You want to hear my new theory? Is it, you come up with a coin a new term? No. Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's very sexy. I mean, you ready? We'll leave it for the listeners to decide. I believe that our original prediction that we were in a recession that started January first, twenty twenty two, was accurate. Yeah, but yeah. But I also believe, because of all the things that I've just cited with you mm-hmm. that led us to this point, right. I believe we are going to be in one of the longest recessions we've ever experienced as a country. We'll look back on the time that we're in now mm-hmm. and look at, look at this as a prolonged recession. We te- typically think, you know, about a year, 18 months. Right. I think three years. Interesting. I, I think that they're going to look over. It's gotten to a point now where it's, it's been pushed out so far out that they're not going to go back and call January 1st, 2022. I think that we were in a recession. I think that they should have called it a recession, but I don't think they're actually going to declare that part a recession. Well, I mean, keep in mind these things are done retroactively, but I I think two yeah. years, two to three years uh, of length of time for a recessionary economy, which means if it started January 1st, 2022, wouldn't end until January 1, 2024. Right. Maybe. I mean, can you imagine? Can you Hence imagine? the reason why I think two or three like, years. Can you imagine at the end of March and of Q1, if it comes out with another positive, you know, GDP growth? I mean. And it's like, 
damn, that's now three quarters. Do you in a really row. think the economy is shrinking right now? No, no. That that's why we have a problem. That's why I don't think that if you're going to have you know two quarters of negative GDP growth followed by three positive, how are they going to go back and call the first those first two a recession? You know, I had a thought too because we're we're in the office. We're talking a lot about return to work, return to the office, and I thought a lot. Don't give me that look while I'm having this conversation. Don't stop it. Crack them, Frank. Look, look it away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I've I've had a number of conversations with people, and I am extremely sympathetic to what's going on. Mm. But I also had a moment where I started to put like the economist hat on, and I started to think like, okay, wait a minute, people working from home saved them money that they were spending other places, right? You would, you would hope so. So if you if you didn't have to pay for childcare, yes, that's a thousand dollars more in your month. You didn't pay for gas. I think people were still paying for childcare though, dude. If anything, you got to look at it on the flip side. If COVID scared people enough they got nannies in the house that cost them more i don't think everybody had that kind of financial freedom bro no they didn't but i'm just saying that for some people depending on their job you know so what, what i'm saying is okay so that money now now people are going to have to respend that money to go to work yes and whatever cost that is for you buying a second car commuting to work paying for gas pay, thinking about child care yeah it's a lot okay does that return to work in a lot of ways mean that is that the consumer spending pullback mm. is that where consumers say okay now is is this why we're not seeing it is because they had the ability to work from home because they had the ability to work from home yeah that they were able to save extra dollars right yeah we're seeing I mean, it's a lot dollars. of money that me me alone now going into the office that's an added gas alone added 400 dollars expense a month i am so sorry <laughs> no you're not i am no i am sorry yeah it's not your fault though i feel bad no but look i I'm. I'm. We're just talking about gas. You're not talking. We're not talking about after school. You know, childcare, that kind of thing. So yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money that is not going to have to be reallocated. I, I feel for everybody in the economy who has to like readjust. I do, but I will argue that there's been a lot of people who've inadvertently said some things that I, I scratch my head and go, ah, you know, were you really working? If that's a problem for you now, I mean. Mm. I'm not going to highlight any of it because I don't want anybody to feel like it's personalized. Oh, I'm interested. You are? Yeah. Really? What do you mean? Like, oh, let's, let's do this. Just keep, um, obviously, keep names out of yeah, it. Yeah, no names, obviously. But uh, I've had people reach out to me and say, hey, you know, now that I have to come back to the office, I have to pay for childcare. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, who was watching your kids before? Oh, I was. Right. So it naturally, as an employer, putting my fiduciary duty to the shareholders hat on, mm -hmm. I go, okay, well, wait, wait a minute. If you were watching your kids right. while you were working mm -hmm. and saving on childcare costs, were you working in as dedicated and as focused a fashion as you would have been if you were in the office in front of a computer? I think it, it really depends on the job, right? It depends on what, what their job is because, I mean, and that's also really sad too, though, because a lot of people were parenting with a TV, just keeping their kids occupied, giving them crazy screen times, and then, or maybe they were with them. And they had a the the type of job that afforded them the flexibility to be able to work till odd hours in the night. You know, I know that me working from home personally, I worked way more than I ever did coming into the office. No, I, no, I made myself more accessible, right? And I want and and it was something I understood early that it was a privilege, not a right, right? So due to the fact that it's a privilege, I'm going to make sure that you know. I, I earn this privilege and show that I'm not this isn't this isn't an abuse. Look and, and I get that. So and there's certainly there's certainly a lot of people who I thought did 
better work or just as functional at home. Yeah. I'm not going to. No, we're know, not going to go down that I'm path. I'm not going to but... that. But what I will say is there's a lot of people who said stuff like, uh, I'm not coming in. Oh, you can't say Unless that. you raise my salary. Can't do that. Jesus. People literally saying like, and then you're like, well, why would I, why would I do that? This is the same salary you had when we let you work from home. Yeah. And the same salary we had before that. Yeah. Because now it's going to cost me X, Y, and Z and gas prices are here, there, 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 blah, blah. And people have like litany. There's literally a TikTok on, I think we talked about this in the previous show. Mm. Telling people, a TikTok video going around the internet, telling people how to claim workplace anxiety and not go back to work. Yeah. And people are literally doing, I mean, it's straight out of the TikTok video and you're like, okay, what, what are you doing? Yeah. And it's, I've got return don't, to work anxiety, the whole thing. Yeah. Don't get your mentorship from TikTok. Arun, don't pull it up. We're not going to play it. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. yeah. Don't get your we're, mentorship yeah. from TikTok. We're not going to play that. But there's a lot of people who literally word for word quote the video. And it's like, obviously everybody in, in, in the HR group is going to be like, okay, I, I've seen the video. This is what I do. So people in HR send other people in HR, different companies. For right? sure. Yeah. So this is not news. Yeah. And then you're like, and then here's a part that blows me away is a lot of people. So if, if your HR group is in the office already mm-hmm. and you're telling them you can't come to work because of X, Y, and Z, you're also talking to people who are in the office who have had to do all the things you say you can't do yeah, and have been doing it for a prolonged period of time. And I think there's a little bit of that sensitivity where we're naturally selfish. Like we want to keep our, our, our homeostasis like we want to keep our normal right it's tough man it's really i know tough. i remember i came back i came back to the office um last week and somebody came over to say hi and they're a listener of the show oh wow really yeah that's weird yeah and they they it were, still weirds me out anytime anyone still listen to the does. show i feel, I, I I feel so and it, it's so weird because even even now after we're done with this recording I'll, I'll blink out on everything that we talked about because we cover so much. We do two episodes a week. And then I, I forget, when did we talk about what? So then when someone comes up to me and says, hey, man, I'm a big, big fan of the show. I listen to the show or whatever. Um, I'll think to myself like, oh, no, what have I said? <laughs> no, I do, I do that all the time. That impacts you. All the you time. Know? I, it, so I, it's like a Rolodex. I'm like, I'm freaking out, right? So I haven't listened to the last two shows. And people literally said like, so, like, oh, that one segment from the last show was hilarious. And I'm like, what was something? You said something funny? <laughs> yeah, dude, yeah, what was it? I thought we just talked about my ass. What do we talk about? I know. So um, this guy came over and was said, uh, said hi. He's like, welcome back. Is it weird for you to be back in the office? And I was like, man, it's a little weird just being further away from my kids. But I mean, it's cool. It's not a big deal. I didn't know his situation. I was like, how about you? He's like, he's like, oh, no, 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 we never left. I'm like, how am I going? I'm not about to sit here and complain yeah. to this guy. This guy's been here the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's crazy. No, there's a lot of that. You'd be surprised. There, some people never left. Um, I did try working from home for a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. I did it like intermittently throughout the week. I didn't do it, like every single day. Right. And I just, for some reason, I just didn't feel, I didn't feel like myself. Right. You know what I also did? I, I think I told you this today too. I um, this this was hard. And this is not going to like emotionally register with everybody, but for me, it was. Because of testosterone, I've gained a lot of weight. I'm like probably 50, 60 pounds heavier. I joke around and say I'm 70 pounds heavier, but I'm about 60 pounds heavier, mm-hmm. which is not too big of a difference, but whatever. I can't fit in any of my suits. Right. Oh, I so, saw that post, yeah. Yeah, so I took, and I didn't, I didn't even know I had this many suits in my closet. I, I just counted today. I had 37 suits that I, I'm giving away to charity. I kept nine. And of the nine that I kept, Four were my four favorite suits that I had in those those that I can't fit into. Yeah. 
I'm sorry, no, five of them were, and four were suits that I just ordered that are my fat boy suits. Okay. I'm hoping that I can cut down on my four favorite suits. It's like a goal. Like a goal, and then I'll just get rid of the new suits, and then I, I just, I literally just want like five suits. Yeah. And a couple of shirts, and I've, I kept ten. No, I kept uh, sixteen shirts. Uh, no, uh, fourteen shirts, and then seven of them were like the new fit, like the fat, right. fatter fit, and seven of them were the other fit. Yeah. But I went from like an entire closet filled with clothes. Yeah. To literally like one rack. Mm-hmm. Like just one rack. That's it. That must have hurt. Did you donate? Did you find someone to donate? Yeah, to? it's um, I can't remember the name of it, but it's here in Irvine, and it's uh, working wardrobes or something to that effect. Or, oh wow. Yeah, and basically they give it to, and a number of people hit me up saying, "What size are you? you send it to me." And I I thought about people were like, "Oh, I'll pay for the shipping label. Send it to me." And I thought about doing that, and then I thought, you know what? Most of you guys have jobs. Mm-hmm. Like most people I follow, like. I'd rather donate it to a charity that's going to help people get jobs. Don't do this, man. What? Come on, man. Don't do what? I've been very mature with this whole thing. I didn't make a single fat joke this entire time. Now you're going to say, look at the high road that I took. I'm so noble. No, I didn't. Wow. We just donated it to some guy. What do you mean? If some guy reached out to you, he probably probably needs it. No, 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 no. no, He's such a a, This guy's such a bad guy. No, 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 no. You're Maroon? the bad guy. You're He's the bad actually guy. doing something nice That's for the right thing. How does he know? That company is going to make, is like Goodwill. It's probably going to make a profit off it. No, they don't. Come I on, looked man. into the whole thing. They, they literally, all they do is they help people get jobs. Who? Wait, so what should he have done? Like ask is somebody to send their some, tax return and be like, what you made last year? What are you dealing with right now? <laughs> I got to see the suit. I'm sure a lot of people would have liked the suit, like whatever. But so the first couple people hit me up and there was probably like 40 or 50 people who asked me. How many? Like 40 or 50. No, we're like sending the suits, blah, blah, like what size are you? Holy cow! I, hit I mean, I got like forty nine thousand followers, so the right. odds are there, right? <laughs> Flux. No, no, no. It's I mean, just honestly, truth. I got a really low engagement it's for my true. follower count. But yeah. With that being said, like you know, so I got hit up, and I was yeah. like, okay, I, I thought about it, so I started going to profiles and looking at them. Like none of these people look like they like they couldn't buy a suit on their own, mm-hmm. you know. And again, a couple of suits I donated are like Lan, like Lon Von. I'm yeah. a land fan, Lon Von. <laughs> Lon Von, yeah, Lon Von, yeah. Uh, but you know they're high end suits, but I can't right. fit in them anymore. Right. I could take them to a consignment shop, but why? Yeah. You know, so no, don't do that. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm yeah. not going to be that guy. So I, I was like, you know what? So I literally, they're all in the back of the jeep right now. Like I'm going to drop them off tomorrow, at some point when I can. But they, they, they would only do a, a home pickup if you had more than 150 pieces to donate. 150. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know if they counted the, the suit, pants, and jackets as separate pieces. Then I have so 150. That has to be it, right? There's no way. Who's who's giving away 150 suits? Well, otherwise, you do drop-offs anytime you want. But look, yeah. either way, man, it, it was... I can't wait to do, like, the rest of my clothes. I want to get down to a closet where I've got, like, five pieces for, like, gym clothes. Like, five pieces yeah, for this. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't want to... Like, I'm done with that period of my life yeah. where I spent too much time thinking about shit. I do, we, just, I just, we just cleaned out our entire closet, too, and I donated a shit ton. Don't try to piggyback off my I did. Good I'm just deeds, telling you, I, I literally did it this past weekend. Where'd you donate it? Yeah, where'd you donate it? Uh, they got at my kid's school. They have this thing. Wow, after, I can't believe you didn't get to the people who asked you about it. What do you mean? Nobody asked me about it. Uh, no one's going to want my shit. You know, you don't got So I don't have Land Van. Long Vaughn. I don't got Land Van clothes. No, Long Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> Obey and Nike. Yeah, it's all, exactly. It's, it's all not Obey, Saint Nike, Goodfellow. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Target. Yeah. <laughs> RJ, bro, get it right. I'm <laughs> sorry. Well, you know, it is what it is. Oh, yeah. 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 We got some reviews to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're going to those up. I'm going to leave your mic on just in case you want to cuss uh, mad a little bit. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to let you handle this. You let me handle this? <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Oh, this my, is going to be fun. <laughs> but, yeah. Matt, AKA Matthew Hayes, not that we know who did this. Yes. 
I love the fact that you left, left us an amazing review, calling it an amazing podcast of great insights. Mm -hmm. I cannot fully describe how great this podcast is. Neither can we. <laughs> Words cannot describe the magic that we that we bring here. Right. Matt, they, they can't. They can't. You want to know why? Because it's that goddamn good. It is that good. It is good. That could be Whether you are a novice looking to learn more about investing, emoji con with money, sexy, or a Nobel laureate economist, trophy emoji, reference to mm. Saeed. It's a nod. It's a nod. To his arrogance. <laughs> Chris and Saeed break down key indicators free from bias on the higher standard. Mm. Crazy emoji. Praise. Crazy emoji, yeah. The podcast will leave you crying with laughter. Also, peeing and pooping are what I hear is common phenomenon <laughs> during the show. <laughs> Very really? common phenomenon. Really? No kidding. They report peeing and pooping a Do lot. Do they really? Yeah. That your, your podcast made me want to go, you know, it's, it's a thing. <laughs> um, this podcast will leave you crying with laughter. Both co-hosts challenge how you think. I, we try to. We certainly try to. By breaking down meaningful financial insights through an articulate interpretation, clearly with reference to me, not Said. The only reason this podcast gets a four-star review, I think you meant to say five. Here. Yeah, that, that you know, it it hurt. It, it was a little dagger. Like, it was kicking the ding-ding. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I like you almost as much as my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he put some thought into this post, he too. Did. I mean, Dude, he, he was, did. Uh, he did. He was a compliment. He's yeah. like, look, comments. I would give you five stars to say he lost weight. He told me that privately. <laughs> no, no he's, he goes on to tell you why yeah. we didn't get five stars. The only reason this, is, this podcast gets a four-star review and not a five-star review is because I was listening to it during my lunch break and choked on a piece of salmon while hearing about Chris Chris's laser hair removal treatment. Mm. How big this is that so, salmon? So this, mean, is, this is your fault. You, you saw that? You'd have a small throat. Yeah, and for <laughs> for the for the This <laughs> <laughs> is the easiest way. Even though I nearly died from that incident, this podcast is still worth listening to. I almost laughed so hard I threw up. <laughs> almost. Tuesdays and Fridays have become the highlight of my week when the newest episodes release. I mean, listen. I know you want to go into Matt. He's, no, no, no. Matt, I like Matt. Matt, Matt's, Matt's Matt, good Matt, Matt hooks me up with a lot of data. A lot of data. A lot of data. That's what he does I like. I like very solid yeah, data. I know he does consulting, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's real Matthew Hayes on Instagram. Real Matthew Hayes. Now listen. Yeah. For the listeners that hear that heard this and saw that we were able to still have a good time. And think it would be funny to leave us a four star review. Yeah, you're no, not being no. you're not being honest with yourself. This is a prime example of what not to do. Yeah, this okay. is we had to have one. We saw it. We I saw mean, it. it was it was it was visually appealing. We saw what you did. Yeah. Now yeah. go make it five stars. Yeah. The <laughs> exactly. I like the effort. Yeah. Yeah. You did a for effort. A for effort. Okay, you're gonna need to edit that one. Yeah. When but I when I, I first read it, when I first read this, oh, yeah. When I first read this, you're mad. No, no, no. I read. it, I was like, oh, he made a mistake. He made a mistake. Like, look. He he put all this effort in. He meant to. He meant to click five. I and mean, then, he and then I got four to star emojis. No, no, but then I got to the bottom and I yeah. started. Re is it the reason why it's four? I'm like, oh no, this was intentional. Yeah, yeah. No, he kicked you right in the ding ding. Yeah. Uh, but he did say something that that I thought was worthy of additional conversation. Tuesdays and Fridays have become the highlight of my week when the newest episodes release. Well, yeah, we've been talking a lot about this. Mm -hmm. I think that we all feel that getting more shows out would be eh, desirable i think i've had i've had a couple of requests yeah so I, I think one of the things we're going to do is while we try to dial in video we're going to figure out the logistics of possibly doing three or four shows a week versus two yes uh but those shows will be slightly less long this is and we're already approaching the hour and 10 minute mark 
And the theory here is, as Saeed put it, is that most of you are commuting or working out or doing something. And we don't think that a full hour and a half long show is probably something that most people can digest while they're doing those activities. Right. And then if they do digest it, by the time they could ever get back to it, maybe they've already moved on to other things. So neither here nor there. Something to think about. We'll, we're we're going to think about the show's format moving forward. But if you see some changes, it's not because we hate you right. and your four-star review. <laughs> it, it's because we love you and yes. we want to give you more of Saeed being arrogant. Right. With my Obama hands. Yeah, with your bomb hands. And to answer your question from the top of the show. What was that? If it's actually smoother down there. Well, I did not. I didn't say smoother. No, you you said, did, I said you, softer. You said softer. Okay, softer. Sorry, I did softer. not say smoother. Don't put words in my mouth. Yeah, there's a huge difference. Smoother and softer. So me putting the word smoother and softer in your mouth bothers you. <laughs> you put, ah. You're not allowed to put anything in my mouth. <laughs> this is what you said. Yeah. So to answer your question, no. The first two weeks after laser hair removal, even on your buttocks. Mm. Okay. The hair is still there, and then it gets to the point where it falls out, but it's slightly a little more rough. We just lost everybody. Until such time as it falls out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. We're getting another four-star review. Yeah, that's it. Someone just, someone just choked on <laughs> some asparagus. <laughs> okay, well, choking on asparagus. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and uh, word of the wise, uh, salmon for lunch makes the break room smell terrible. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, cheat code, don't do that. Yeah. And we'll see you on the next episode. Good night, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.